York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You know, I think I'm going to get a membership for Frank Diaz in the Kiss Army. Man, he was so good in the overnights. He had his two stories that were fresh slices. I would lead in with the local news. He would come in with other news. And it was so good. It was like a fresh pizza pie. Now I got two bum slices. B6, you could tell him to shoot up B12. Used to be amphetamines in the days of JFK. Oh, my God, oh, my. I think we're going to go back to, uh, Kevin, uh, where I do uh, the lead story. There's so much going on today. We can't afford to have oldie moldy news. No, 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 not not on Curtis Lee was many shifts here because I'm like a Pac-Man. I'm just going to eat up the real estate. Uh, if you can't get hip and happening and live and local, get out of my way. And, boy, let me tell you something. I was totally blown away. Back to back, belly to belly, by Joan Hamburg, the queen of radio. We just heard a great interview with Ken Aletta. Hollywood ending the culture of the Weinsteins, the brothers, especially Harvey Weinstein. It was gripping. I think uh, Joan Hamburg, the queen of radio, actually will give Frank Morano a challenge as the best interviewer here at WABC. That was outstanding. But even topping all that on my way in, you know, a few hours under my belt, that's all I need. And I'm ready to go to finish the Quinella over the weekend. And actually, after Dominic Carter comes in at 12 midnight tonight to be the buffer, after the animal welfare hour, I come on for the four hours of Frank Morano because who knows where he went. Played in the game yesterday, WABC All-Stars versus the NYPD with their ringers. I'll get into that later on, but uh, it'll be yours truly. Uh, Monday through Friday, 1 to 5, starting early in the morning, all week long. Once again, earning that um, that moniker, always broadcasting Curtis. But let me give credit where credit is due. Joan Hamburg had an absolutely outstanding interview, but it's with Ken Aletta. She's known him for years. Uh, the most bizarro interview I've ever heard, Cindy Adams. Let me tell you something. Quick wit, acid tongue. There is no escape for Cindy Adams. She can be relentless from her daily column in the New York Post at the age of 92. If only our president, Joe Biden, had his wits about him, as Cindy Adams has. Sharp. Just celebrated her birthday. And Kevin Droshe, she interviewed... I mean, I guess so hard for me to even say it. Gene Simmons of Kiss? Gene Simmons of Kiss. The guy who's better down 5,000 women in his lifetime. A little less than Will Chamberlain. He had 10,000. We've been talking about the passing of his uh, nemesis, Bill Russell, later on in this two-hour extravaganza. But Gene Simmons of Kiss... I mean, remember, he was hooked up with Cher. What, Cher's, what, about 76 now? Diana Ross, 78. I know Diana Ross because she says she has her birthday with me, March 26. You don't think Cindy Adams and... Really? I mean, I'm going to play some of the cuts. 
But it sounded like there was a little flirting going on from Gene Simmons to Cindy Adams. She was not returning it. She would have none of that. Wow. Man, I've heard many interviews with Gene Simmons over the years. You know, he's an Israeli guy. Israeli guys, they're no-nonsense guys. Total macho, you know. Hey, I'm a man's man. Hey, ladies, walk behind me. You might as well be in Japan. Cindy Adams took absolutely no grief from Gene Simmons. I thought it was so good. I mean, it should be nominated for a Marconi Award. I mean, who would have ever thought? The most bizarro matchup in the world. Gene Simmons talking about this is the last go-round for Kiss. And you know, it's never the last go-round, but he's claiming, I got the armor plates, you know, I'm wearing body armor, 40 pounds. You know, it's not like I'm a blues entertainment sitting there uh, plucking off my banjo or my guitar. But when you hear this interview, ladies and gentlemen, it will rock your world. That's why you got to be listening 24-7-365. Cindy Adams came on 1-2 to two today with Gene Simmons. I mean, that's unexpected. And then the queen of radio, Joan Hamburg. Great interview with Ken Aletta about Harvey Weinstein. His brother, his family, where he grew up, and how he became a perv. What, what's the link between Gene Simmons and Harvey Weinstein? When Harvey Weinstein was going to Buffalo University, University of Buffalo, and he became what? A rock promoter. Probably had the Kiss uh, Army there. You know, that we got to research that. Kevin, we got to research that. I would bet you that at some point when he was promoting rock concerts at the University of Buffalo, he had Gene Simmons there and Paul Stanley and Ace Freely and Peter Chris. I guarantee you. And then Harvey Weinstein uh, probably took uh, Gene Simmons out to the Cat's Deli right on Houston Street. And I would guarantee you, you know what Gene Simmons ordered at that meat deli? Tongue. Tongue. He, en- <laughs> he, he enjoyed his tongue for a million dollars. Look, I am totally blown away. I mean, WABC is the best there is. But, you know, you generally think, okay, Cindy Adams, you know, uh, Joan Hamburg, they're going to do interviews, people they know, people they're friendly. No, 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 no. I couldn't do interviews like this. I, I really don't do interviews. Frank Morano couldn't do interviews like this. Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk in the morning couldn't do interviews like this. It's really good. Bo Snurdly, who does a lot of interviews, right? James Golden, he couldn't do interviews like this. Okay, let me set it up. So you have Gene Simmons, he's on the show with Cindy Adams to promote the last tour, the last go-round. If you're a member of the KISS Army Fan Club, please please give me a call because this is the Goodbye Sayonara Tour. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And let me know what it's meant to be a member of the KISS Army Fan Club. Started in 1975. By two teenagers in Terre Haute, Indiana, the heartland of America. Why? Because regular Top 40 stations would not play KISS. Even some of the freeform FM stations would not play KISS records. So they decided, oofa, they got 100,000 fans. And, you know, you can buy merch. You know, like we sell merch here at WABC, WABCradio.com. Man, do they move merch. But anyway, here is... 
the most unlikely combination in the history of talk radio. On one side of the microphone, the venerable Cindy Adams. You do not want to cross Cindy Adams. Even in 92, there is a price to pay. And then, of course, Gene Simmons, the leader of KISS, describing how this is the last soiree. My mother had gotten divorced from my father, who was a hound, had four or five other marriages and half-sisters and half-brothers all over the place. I guess he was doing the Lord's work. The good book says, spread thy seed, and he took no prisoners. He was just bang, 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 bang. Uh, It seems to me his son is doing similarly. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're out there doing the work, honey. I certainly have (laughs) sold my uh, oats, but uh, I've been married to Shannon now quite a few years, and this is the only marriage I will ever have. Bang, 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 bang. Didn't throw Cindy. I need to hear that again because this is the start of the interview. It's sort of, they get into a groove. Gene Simmons of Kiss and our own Cindy Adams of the New York Post. My mother had gotten divorced from my father, who was a hound, had four or five other marriages and half-sisters and half-brothers all over the place. I guess he was doing the Lord's work. The good book says, spread thy seed, and he... Took no prisoners. He was just bang, 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 bang. Uh, it and seems to me his son is doing similarly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, I, you're I out there doing have, the work, honey. I so. certainly have <laughs> sold my soul, uh, oats, but uh, I've been married to Shannon now quite a few years, and this is the only marriage I will ever have. Now, like father, like son, do we think his father had a tongue? Like uh, Gene Simmons, do we think so? The guy insured his tongue for a million dollars. Malone, right? Malone, the rapper from Syracuse. A million dollars of bling in his in his bridge that he wears on top of his mouth and below his mouth. You better believe he walks around with armed guards. But he goes on a contract. A million dollars. Uh, anyway, I'm digressing. Let's hear Cindy Adams. Having this conversation, the most unlikely ever in the history of talk radio, with Kisses Gene Simmons. Streisand made 700 final tours. Is this to be one of your 700 final tours? Well, this has to be our final one. Uh, I'm turning 73 um, this August, tomorrow, tomorrow, next month. And by the nature of what we do, I carry around about 40 pounds of extra armor and seven-inch platform heels, the dragon boots. So the physicality of what we do, it has to be the last tour. I can't do what blues musicians do, which is sit in a chair and just comfortably pick at a guitar. And then with that bass guitar, right, riffing and singing with the rest of the cast, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, Peter Chris. Back Peter Chris, right, drummer. You know what his nickname is, Catman. You know, I think John Katzmatidis is going to have to have a fight uh, with Peter Chris over who has the trademark and the copyright for being called the Catman. <laughs> uh, I think John will win on that one. Although I think Peter Chris has had that nickname longer. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. If any of you have been members of the Kiss Army fan club 
or have followed Kiss over the years and always wondered why you would never hear them on top 40 radio stations. You never heard them on WABC. You didn't even hear them on WNEW Freeform Radio, you know, um, uh, Allison Steele, the Nightbird, right? No, no, they, they didn't play Kiss. I never heard Kiss on the radio. You would hear Kiss when you would go over to some guy's basement, right? Oh, you got it. You got to hear this. What do you mean? You'd look at the album cover and you'd see you'd see Gene Simmons with his tongue hanging down to his ankles. You'd see these other guys, you know, with all these weird costumes on. They looked like they were invading Earth. And then all of a sudden they would play the vinyl with the needle and you would say, wow, this is really good. How come you never hear this on the radio? Why do you think the kiss essentially was banned on the radio. That's why these two teenagers in 75 had to create the Kiss Army fan club because they wouldn't play Kiss in the heartland of America. They didn't play Kiss here. They didn't play Kiss on the West Coast. They never played Kiss. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. You know, I think Paul Stanley was from Inwood. Right up there by Washington Heights, Inwood. Used to go into that park there. There's a little monument to where the Indians uh, got beat for $24 in trinkets, you know. And the uh, Dutch reformed, the Peter Stuyvesant bought the island of Manhattan. Right there, it's big rock. You know, not like the Plymouth Rock, a little pebble. Big rock there. You know, they just had a huge Indian celebration there where they were doing their spiritual dances. And I'm sure they were mourning the loss of Manhattan. Imagine how much that Indian nation would be worth now. Forget casinos. They would own the real estate in Manhattan. Hold on a second. There's more here. There's more. Oh, these cuts are good. 1-800-848-9222. Cindy Adams and Gene Simmons. I never in my life thought that I would hear the two of them together. Gene Simmons will do what? What are you going to do? Sit home and crochet? What are you going to do? Well, uh, I'm the male of the species, so we tend not to crochet. Okay. But we'll buy you the stuff so that you can crochet. Thank you very much. Smartass. Yeah, go ahead. You like that, right? She wasn't taking it. I mean, let me hear that again. Let me hear that. you are supposed to, Gene Simmons will do what? What are you going to do? Sit home and crochet? What are you going to do? Well, uh, I'm the male of the species, so we tend not to crochet. Okay. But we'll buy you the stuff so that you can crochet. Thank you very much. Smartass. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Sharp tongue. Notice, though, how Gene Simmons says, yeah, I'm the male of the species. I mean, is that not the ultimate misogynist, sexist? And to, of all people, Cindy Adams. Oh, but this is the money cut, ladies and gentlemen. This was worth listening to that great interview because... It reached a plateau that I never thought would ever happen here at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. Cindy Adams and Gene Simmons of KISS getting it on. If you are supposed to have slept with 5,000 women, which seems absolutely impossible, there would be very little of you left. You'd be half your size by now. How much, how much, how much could you possibly have done in terms of making love. Not that I'm offering or anything. I'm just asking. I don't think making love is the right uh, term. You know, when you've got a horny 14-year-old boy who goes around and 
and does all that. That's that ain't love. What what is it the fourteen year old boy does? I don't want to miss anything. What does he do? <laughs> That's what he does. Is that what you do when you're making love, hun? Well, I don't that hear ain't you. Love. The male <laughs> of the species. Uh, it yeah. takes a long time for the heart to connect to the physicality of it. The male of the species. But notice, Cindy Adams is like, she's relentless. He's not letting him uh, go sideways like he typically would go with a number of interviews that I've heard him on before where all of a sudden a female interviewer gets intimidated. Oh, you know, they're like, gaga goo goo. Oh, Gene Simmons, could you stick your tongue out for me, please? Will it reach down to your belly button? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Props to Cindy Adams. You heard it exclusively here on WABC. You can hear Cindy every Sunday, 1 to 2. 1 to 2, right here on WABC. And that's an interview you could never have anticipated. Follow back-to-back, belly-to-belly by Joan Hamburg, the queen of radio. With a great interview with Ken Aletta. His new book, Hollywood Ending, The Culture of the Harvey Weinstein Empire. And I mean, Jones surgically asked questions that we all wanted to know. How the hell did this go on without anybody knowing it? What about his brother? I mean, they were like two peas in a pod. They were Mama Luke's growing up in Flushing. You see, my perception is, I got to interject here, that Harvey was a real Mama Luke, right? You know, his mother, who was so domineering over him and his brother, probably walked in on him in his room when he was pleasurizing himself, right? And she probably read him the riot act. How dare you? You realize that will spread disease. You know, this will affect your brain. You know, like sometimes mothers would overreact in those kind of situations. And I bet you it scarred him in his brain. He said, I'll show you, Mom. Yeah, Mom, right. I got a casting couch. I, I know. And as a rock promoter first, when he was going to the University of Buffalo, I'll bet you. Hey, Kev, did you do the research? Did he promote Kiss? Did he promote Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Ace Freely and Peter Chris and the Kiss Army? I'll bet you he did. Because according to Ken Aletta, he, he wasn't a sexual degenerate at first, him and his brother. And then all of a sudden he said it was the rock world. It made him what he became, the perv of all pervs. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So I think this is the last go-around for Gene Simmons and Kiss. And I think with the male of the species that he has confirmed himself and anointed himself as, uh, is this true, Kevin, that uh, David Lee Roth is the opening act for him? Imagine, David Lee Roth has been relegated to the opening act for Kiss. A failed talk show host, I might add. Remember when all of a sudden he uh, substituted for Howard Stern and went into Sirius, you know, went into the satellite radio business where he could say whatever you want. And then I'll never forget, David Lee Roth took over for Howard Stern on radio, and I'm listening to that first show, and I'm wondering, boy, this guy probably got a lot of stories to tell, right? He was the ultimate rock star. No, he's talking about volunteering for an ambulance in the South Bronx. And it went on for one hour. Okay, I get it, David Lee Roth. That's unique. That's different. I like the fact that you're giving, you know, selfless service. And then he talked about it for a second hour. And he re-looped it and talked about it for a third hour and a fourth hour. And pretty, pretty soon, David Lee Roth was no longer on the radio 
hosting a morning show because, man, it was boring. But you got to check this out, Kevin, to see if, in fact, David Lee Roth is the opening act for the final tour. Oh, he is. He is. All right. Wow. I wonder who's more of a degenerate. Gene Simmons or David Lee Roth. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Again, I can't give props enough to the two women of WABC who precede me on Sundays. Cindy Adams from 1 to 2 with this interview with Gene Simmons, absolutely outstanding. And just when you thought nothing could be better, followed by the queen of radio, Joan Hamburg, every Sunday, 2 to 3, with Ken Aletta, author of the book Hollywood Ending, the uh, Harvey Weinstein story. i got to tell you a little story. Harvey Weinstein was going to do a movie about me right right at the end. He invited me to the McDonald's premiere, that bomb of a movie that he produced. He said, Curtis, this is a stinker, but i got to be here. We're going to be dealing with your project soon. I like that idea. But he said, you know, there's some clouds in the horizon for me. I got to get through the clouds. Who knew, right, that he ultimately would be anointed the perv of all pervs? Another Curtis Leo movie project that bit the dust. 1-800-848-9222. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. What happened to Leonard Skinner's guitar riff? You know, it's like, oh, that's right. That doesn't go along with this song. And this should be the theme song for Times Square. I am telling you, having walked through Times Square, it smells. Garbage everywhere. Swill. You would say, this is like the gateway to the world, right? You would want to keep Times Square clean, as clean as can be, you know, with thousands of people passing through by the minute. It's bad enough that you have a... uh, purple haze, a plume hanging over Times Square from Duffy Square down to 42nd Street, you know, with all the reefer trucks out there, guys selling nickel and dime bags on those card tables, you know, and then garbage everywhere, homeless people everywhere, and you say, you know, there's a there's a bid there, Business Improvement District, Times Square Alliance, they suck up tens of thousands of dollars with a few remaining tenants in that area. And they can't even collect the garbage? We're going to get to that momentarily. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I will bet you, Kevin, that uh, Cindy Adams is going to be popping uh, blood vessels. Because uh, in the Upper East Side, where she's resided, oh, since uh, she was married to comedian Joey Adams, has been a columnist for The Post for a gazillion years. Back to back. I don't know if you uh, all saw the video last night's news, this monster on Park Avenue. At 6 o'clock in the morning, it's daylight. He viciously attacks this 27-year-old woman. I mean, knocks her out. No robbery. Just for the fun of it. You know, it's like it's the game of knockout. And he's footloose and fancy free. And you say, what has happened to this city? It's the Upper East Side. You know, people have already fled. You know, they're out in the Hamptons. 
They're escaping south of the Mason-Dixon line, the Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, especially Florida, Texas, and Tennessee. You're giving them more reasons. And then just moments ago, I see on a thread posted at 58th and Sutton Place, 58th and Sutton Place, 440 East 58th Street, a knife point robbery. A guy wearing a black mask, black clothing, escapes. Where the hell are the police? By the way, you would think if there was one neighborhood, the swagger man, Eric uh, Adams, would uh, make sure it was nice and secure as the Upper East Side because they're all the folks who go to the Zero Bond Club at night downtown where whatever happens in the Zero Bond Club stays in that private club establishment. This city is in real bad trouble. We're going to talk about uh, Times Square and the garbage all over the city. It is uh, competing uh, side-by-side with crime as a issue that has affected our quality of life. I mean, really bad. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. But let's first deal with Max in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Max. Hi, Curtis. I have two Gene Simmons stories. Gene Simmons, a.k.a. Chaim. First is that he's a great businessman, so what he did was that he moved out of California, which has huge uh, income tax rates, and he moved to, I think, Texas or another no-income tax state, so he saved millions of dollars a year. He's a brilliant businessman. He comes from his Israeli background. And the second thing is that what Cindy Adams didn't mention was that uh, of every woman that uh, Gene Simmons took to bed, he would take Polaroid pictures of, so he has a huge Polaroid file of all these girlfriends of his. Wow, Max, how, how do you know that? The old Polaroid routine, right? Let me get a picture of you so I could prove it's part of the 5,000. Will Chamberlain didn't do that. The nemesis of Bill Russell unfortunately passed away. We'll talk about that in the next hour of the Boston Celtics. But Will Chamberlain claimed to have betted down 10,000, double the number of uh, Gene Simmons, although I don't think Will Chamberlain had... The size of the tongue of Gene Simmons to you, Max? Well, that was his plus and his negative, and he had to prove himself every time with these 5,000 women. Now, Max, you sound like you're somewhat envious, like just if you got a little bit of that action that Gene had. I mean, look, Cher, Diana Ross, so many others, volumes and volumes, and just think Polaroids. There was a famous talk show host. His name will no longer be mentioned because he's... He's up there in the Radio Hall of Fame. He interviewed me one time. Uh, There was some problem at the studio, so I had to go to a different studio location. And then he opened up the drawer, and there had to be like a thousand pictures, Polaroid pictures of women's feet. He had a foot fetish. He was a foot fetish freak. That you, sounds like uh, that weatherman who, from Channel 2 who got problems with 72nd Street and... Uh, she was clawing his back. No, 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 no. This is radio, not TV. I know. I think you're referring to Jim Jen, uh, Jennings, right? Uh, Jensen, no, it Jim, Jim Jensen. Jensen. It was it was Marvin uh, something or other. Oh, you, you seem to be very up on this, Max. Uh, you well, it was a big, it was a big scandal like, about ten, fifteen years ago. Max, do you keep meticulous notes on these scandals here? I have, a, I have a brain. I have a brain. A Jewish cup. Yes, a Jewish cup. Oh, yeah. And that cup is always full. By the way, remember Marla Maples, who was the second wife of Donald Trump? Her attache, her uh, publicist, 
was stealing her high heel shoes right out of her closet, her nylons, uh, her panties. He was a real freak. And then they went to his house. I think Donald uh, Trump uh, swore out a warrant at that time. And his apartment was filled with six-inch stacked heels, panties. Uh, you know, it's, God, the guy, freaks. Max, you don't know any of these freaks, do you? I don't, but I think Donald Trump put a video camera in Marley's apartment, and that's how they caught the guy. Yes. Yeah, wow. Ooh. Max. Wow, you're up on all of this, Max. That's it, Curtis. Yeah, yeah, Max, because your cup is full. I got I to gotta be your main man. That's right. No, no I love this, Max. But by the way, where were you born and raised, Max? In the Bronx. The Bronx. Which part of the Bronx? Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale. See, they don't even call that the Bronx. They call it Riverdale. Or Spartan Dival if you want to get exclusive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know, he used to live up there. I saw him one time walking around right before the Westchester border. I saw Willie Mays. He lived a few blocks away from me. Yeah, Willie Mays. And he, he looked at me, and he had the most vile look on his face. And from other people who knew Willie Mays, you know, to say, hey, kid, they said, oh, that's typical of uh, Willie. He always has that jaundiced look now. It's like he's... He's mad at the world like DiMaggio was, like Mickey Manwood. These were like three of the top athletes of all time, and they always had that puss on their face. Well, Willie Mays lived in the same building as Mario Biaggi. Yes, so oh, oh, my friend Mario, at the end, you know, he had a difficult time getting around. You imagine, Max, what he would think of his granddaughter, Alessandra Biaggi, now running for that congressional seat up there in the Mid-Hudson, who actually passed the bill to remove from police qualified immunity, which protects them from being sued. You know, the city covers them like they cover every other civil servant. You can imagine how he would react. Mario Biagi, the most highly decorated police officer ever to serve with the NYPD, Max? Unbelievable. I understand that uh, Jamal Bowman has problems now, too, because everybody is backing away from him because he's too anti-Semitic. Yes. Yeah, oh, we, we, Max, he's a source here. You know, not quite Talmud, not quite Torah, more the Encyclopedia Britannica. But you have proven, Max, that your cup is full. And you know who lived in, in, in uh, Riverdale in, Spartan, in the Fieldston? Carly Simon's family, the Simon Publishing. Yes. Yeah, and then plus you got the Russian listening post up there in Riverdale. All those Ruskies going back and forth. Uh, making their run for vodka down on Broadway and on the other side, down below the hill past uh, uh, JFK High School. You know where that uh, Russian listening compound is? It's the highest point in uh, in New York City, I believe. You think they're listening to all your conversations up there in Riverdale, Max? What do you think? I think they're monitoring you, uh, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, the other one who lived in Riverdale, one of my— uh, one of my friends and heroes, he was one of the first to support us as the Guardian Angels, Herman Badillo. Herman Badillo, the former borough president and congressman. Ah, man. Herman Badillo, let me tell you what Badillo studied. He went to the same college I went to, Baruch College. And my English teacher told me that his accent was so bad that he would practice. Badillo, Herman would uh, practice his English so he could speak like a uh, an, an English-speaking person raised in this, Max, born and raised in, in New York City. Max, he was an orphan in Puerto Rico. Both of his parents died, uh, 
I think it was, it may have been uh, malaria, I'm not quite sure, but they died. He came over as an orphan. He couldn't speak English. He got a job uh, as a building superintendent for a tenement. He learned English. As you mentioned, he went to Baruch. He went to other city colleges, became so educated, such a great spokesperson, first Puerto Rican ever to be elected to Congress, should have been elected mayor. He had four shots, and each time they would deny him, especially the last time. When the Harlem Four, David Dinkins, Percy Sutton of Inner City Broadcasting, Basil Patterson, father of David Patterson, and Charlie Rangel said, no, 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 you're a Puerto Rican. It's, uh, it's the black man's time to rule. And they chose a guy, if you remember him, the state senator from Upper Manhattan that everybody thought was an Irishman. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm not sure. Oh, God, I, this is going to be the Curtis Lee or Booby Prize. Max, Max, you did an outstanding job. He knocked it out of the box. I mean, uh, he was amazing with Curtis Lee with Jeopardy. Who was the state senator who was anointed the Democratic candidate for mayor, denying Herman Badia what was rightfully his, an opportunity to run for mayor again, chosen and anointed by the four horsemen of Harlem again, David Dinkins, Charlie Rangel, Percy Sutton of Inner City Broadcasting. Uh, he had run for mayor also in the Democratic primary. Basil Haddison, who was the state, uh, uh, actually not the attorney general. He was the secretary of state of New York, also was a deputy mayor for Koch. The four of them said, Herman, it ain't your time. And they chose the state senator from Inwood and Washington Heights, who everyone thought was an Irishman. And yet... He was African-American. Who is that? Tall guy. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. In fact, when I was in Israel, I remember uh, people in Haifa. Haifa is interesting. It's a port city. It's up there uh, along the north, and it's half Arab and it's half Jewish. One of those few cities where it's half and half. And I remember there was this old Altecock that said, you know, it was from Haifa. The guy with the tongue. I said, what are you talking about? The guy, you know, the, the guy, the, he plays the, the instrument there, you know, with that band in America. Now I know he was talking about Gene Simmons. I mean, who else could that be when you say the tongue? one 800 848 That's one 800 wabc So our mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan, uh, put up these trash bins in Times Square to the tune of $1.5 million. And the idea was you take all the trash in the immediate area, put it in bags, you put it in the bins, and then once a day you take it and throw it in the back of the compactors uh, that are sent by the Department of Sanitation. Well, guess what? They kept throwing the bags in these uh, containers, and now there are rats, there's mosquitoes, there's all kinds of smells emerging, a $1.5 million down the drain, and the Times Square Alliance, which gets all this money, it's like taxes, the tenants in the area, they're saying, oh, we'll try to do a better job. Do a better job. You're not doing any job. The homeless are there. The emotionally disturbed. The weed trucks. They're selling nickel and dime bags on card tables. There's a purple haze hanging over Times Square. Garbage everywhere. And swill, you know what swill is when it's hot like now? <laughs> right up your schnoz. You think you're coming back to Times Square after that? Not. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York.
York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Basketball Jones, I got a basketball Jones, got a basketball Jones, oh baby, ooh. Classic Cheech and Chong. As you know, Cheech and Chong, West Coast, spent a lot of time not just on the border of Tijuana, TJ, and down in Ensenada. No, 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 a lot of time in L.A., but also up in San Francisco and the Oakland Bay Area, the East Bay, where a guy named Bill Russell went to San Francisco State University with his teammate, Casey Jones. That's right, basketball Jones. There was also Sam Jones eventually He would join the Boston Celtics, but this was in college. They won 55 straight games. They won the national titles in 55-56. And years later, the competition would emerge between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, who went to Kansas University at that time, and left in his junior year. In fact, Will Chamberlain had scored 52 points in his first game at Kansas. I was like, amazing. So you knew these two titans were going to clash. So Bill Russell was drafted by Red Auerbach, comes to the Boston Celtics. Not a big guy, along with K.C. Jones. And then they join Sam Jones and Havlicek, the best six men in basketball at that time from Ohio State. Bailey Howe from Mississippi Jim Barnes, Don Nelson, Satch Sanders, great team. But really, the backbone of the team was Bill Russell. Because if you came into the paint, he would reject you. There were times when Will Chamberlain was playing for the Philadelphia 76ers and then eventually the L.A. Lakers with Elgin Baylor and Jerry West. What a trifecta trinity. I mean, three of the best basketball players of all time. And he would try that finger roll, and out of nowhere, Bill Russell was leaning on him because he, I mean, Chamberlain was like seven foot one, probably bigger. And Russell was like six nine. He would be a forward today, wouldn't even be a center sometimes. And he would swat it away. People would, <gasps> but Bill Russell had one bad problem, like a lot of stars, like I mentioned, Willie Mays. Sour Grin, Joe DiMaggio, my hero, Mickey Mantle, a lush and a nasty human being. Uh, Bill Russell would not sign autographs. Neither would DiMaggio, neither would Mantle, neither would Willie Mays, and neither would Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, went to Power Memorial and came out of the Inwood Housing Projects. And you know the rest of the story when he went to UCLA. But all five of those guys would not sign autographs. A kid can come up to Bill Russell, always polite, always well-spoken, highly educated, and he would say, no, I don't I don't sell, sign autographs. I never could figure that out. But Bill Russell played basketball for 13 years, won 11 NBA championships for the Celtics, and his coach, Red Arbach, I'll never forget, always smoking a cigar, victory cigar at the end of another Celtics victory. And he would take uh, the plane back and forth to Washington, D.C., where he lived while he was coaching the Celtics. Originally came out of Williamsburg, went to Eastern District High School, and there were 4,000 guys there in the Berg. And wasn't a great basketball player. He was a blackball, handball player. He's in the handball, I believe, Hall of Fame. He was that good. Brighton Beach, Brownsville Boys Club, uh, indoor and outdoor. 
just an eclectic group of guys. And I remember it was 1969, because remember, 1969, we had Woodstock, half a million strong, the Miracle Mets beating the Baltimore Orioles 4-1 unexpectedly, the lunar uh, landing, the Apollo 11 flight, Chappaquiddick the very next day with Ted Kennedy. Nobody ever mentions that. I certainly do. And it was the Boston Celtics versus the L.A. Lakers in the NBA championship. Now, again, Will Chamberlain, he had a substitute, Mel Counts, who was almost as big as him, a, a white guy, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Freddie Crawford, Tommy Hawkins. It was a great team. But still, the Boston Celtics just could not be beaten. And the reason? Bill Russell. So at 88 years old, Bill Russell, very liberal, very progressive, highly educated, well-spoken, also a coach, coach player, one of the few. You know, he was actually coaching the Boston Celtics after Red Arbach left, and he was also the player. So he would actually call the signals while playing center. There was another great ball player in that era, Dave DeBuschen, with the Detroit Pistons, very young. He was the coach and a player. And in the offseason, he came out of the bullpen for the Chicago White Sox as a relief pitcher and always drinking beer. Drank beer on the bench as a coach, as a player, and in the bullpen, and then came over to the Knicks, and you know the rest of that story. You had Willis Reed, you had Dave DeBuscia, you had Dollar Bill Bradley, hated Dollar Bill Bradley, still do. Love Cassie Russell, but he just, he didn't play defense. You had Nick, uh, Dick Barnett, and then... Then, of course, Walt Clyde Frazier. And then they brought over Earl the Pearl Monroe from Baltimore. And, oh, man, they took on, they took on Will Chamberlain, if you remember, right? And then Willis Street, remember, he's kimping out there on the Senate court. The Madison Square Garden crowd went nuts. He could only play a few minutes, but that was enough energy. And if I remember, little booby prize here. Somebody came in off the bench for horror. Willis Reed, who could count cards, who would shoot from 30 feet out, bloop shots. If you get the name, you win a courtesy or booby prize. He would memorize cards. If he went into a casino, now he would be banned. You should be able to recognize, I mean, memorize cards, right? Because, no, they never want you to be able to beat the house. Why memorizing cards is illegal? And they... They take a photo of you, and then it's photo recognition in every casino. They spot you walking in. You're labeled a cheater, even though it shouldn't be against the rules of the house. The house always has the edge. And through photo recognition technology, you're banned in perpetuity. Even in the Indian Reservation casinos in Montana, low budget. I was up there. Unbelievable. Guy walked in, right? Hey. You know, you're banned. And they called the Indian police because they had their own nation. They had their own police. They took them out. They kicked them out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, outside of Butte. He said, well, what did I do? Well, you know, you're banned in Las Vegas, banned in Atlantic City. You're banned uh, in Mississippi for counting cards. What do you think? You can pull that here in the Indian Nation Casino? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. I think we have an answer to our first question. The Curtis Lee will booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell, because we throw nickels around like manhole covers. But due to the generosity of our owner and operators, John and Margot Katsimatidis, of our parent company, Red Apple Media, 
you could get a WABC baseball cap, in this case with the Curtis Sliwa logo on it, that you can style and profile. Let's see if Mike in Stamford, Connecticut, has what it takes. Hey, Curtis, how you doing? I've had better days. I got a dislocated yeah, shoulder, you know, uh, uh, my notch. The answer is Kenny Farrell. Denny Farrell, Denny Farrell, absolutely. You you are Denny correct. Farrell, he had a limousine company that used to, and he may may still be around for all I know, but he, he did very well at that business. I actually met him one time in passing. Very nice guy, you yeah, know. Very tall. Gentleman. Very tall. Uh, light-skinned, African-American. I mean, but his name, people, been... people thought he was an Irishman. Yeah, they did. Well, he was light-skinned. He lived... He lived up in Inwood. You know, I'm from Connecticut, and I think he lived right off the very last subway stop up there in Inwood. You walk around that neighborhood, you think you were in Connecticut, not in Manhattan, you know. And he was, um, matter of fact, one of his constituents was Dr. Ruth. She was one of his Senate constituents. Yes, you are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, he lived on the precipice of what our previous caller said was Riverdale. Yeah, and he uh, and Dr. Ruth, I actually, I worked for a rival limousine company and I actually drove Dr. Ruth one time. So, uh, but uh, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Another time I was there, and this was a big dinner at the Helmsley building. I was there picking people up, and, uh, you know, Bush the Elder was there, and David Dinkins was there. And for some reason, David Dinkins could get no respect because... His limo was nowhere to be found, okay? Everybody else is going up, stepping into their limos, and poor David Dinkins is going to the payphone. This is how long ago this was. And he's sitting up there wondering where the hell his driver is, you know? So, anyway. No, no, I, I can imagine. I can, uh, that's what David Dinkins lived for, to put on the cummerbund, the tux at night, and he would be out late when the dinners were over. People would say, gee, isn't he the mayor? Shouldn't he be, like, doing some work? We had 2,000 murders a year. We had 5,000 unsolved shootings. And ironically, Mike, he turned out that his uh, protege, Eric Adams, does exactly that. He's out there at clubs. Yeah. I'll tell you an interesting thing about Dinkins. They used to take photos of him at his desk wearing a windbreaker like he was some kind of blue-collar guy or something. That wasn't the reason. He wore that windbreaker with the elastic cuffs to protect his French cuffs from getting dirty. And I know his uh, man Friday was Arnie Segura, who would carry around the suit bag that sometimes uh, David Dinkins would make three changes in one day, very meticulously dressed. He would always shower, very dapper, very nice, a fashion plate, but a horrible, horrible mayor. And I think of my friend, Herman Badil. He's departed. Who had an opportunity to be mayor. It was his time after three previous runs, and he came ever so close. And he was prevented from getting that Democratic nomination by the four horsemen of Harlem, Congressman Charlie Rangel, Percy Sutton, Inner City Broadcasting, who... Uh, uh, said no, thumbs down. Basil Patterson, uh, father of uh, David Patterson, said no. And David Dinkins said no. And they gave it to Danny Farrell. Nobody knew. Thought he was a white Irishman from Inwood. 
And he crashed and burned, crashed and burned. To the day he died, to the day he converted to the Republican Party to run as controller with Rudy Giuliani, Michael Mbaricic, in 1992, to give Rudy an edge to get some additional Hispanic votes from the first time when he barely lost to David Dinkins. It bothered him to no end, and he was right. He earned that. And the Harlem Four took it from him. Why? Because his complexion was not his protection. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Uh, speaking of Will Chamberlain, who said he betted down 10,000 women, double the number of uh, <laughs> Simmons of Kiss. What a great interview with Cindy Adams between one and two. That, that was like an unexpected combination. That was like a bizarro interview, and Cindy Adams would not retreat. She would not surrender to the ultimate macho, maniacal, misogynist, sexist Gene Simmons I don't know if he showed uh, her his tongue, which he could actually roll out uh, down to his navel. Insured for a million dollars. But with Will Chamberlain, I remember when he was with uh, Philadelphia, he had been with the San Francisco Warriors. I was um, in uh, junior high school. I had an SGO pass. That meant you got reductions at the old Madison Square Garden, 50th and 8th. Saturdays, you could go see a Rangers game. They were losers back then. I saw Bobby Orr for the first time in the Boston uh, Bruins. Then they laid down the hardwood to come back at night. And the Knicks, who were horrible at that time, Howie Comibes, you know, was like, oh, God, that the best you could do? And then uh, all of a sudden it was Will Chamberlain as center and Nate Thurman as forward from Akron, Ohio. These guys were the two towers of power, and they were losers. Then uh, they transferred over to uh, Philadelphia, and he finally won a championship. I believe it was in 67. Will Chamberlain, oh, yeah, first guy to score over 100 points against who? The New York Knicks. And not at the Spectrum and not at Madison Square Garden, but I think in York, Pennsylvania, where he was playing the Knicks. And when these two guys started banging in the paint, Will Chamberlain, who had a unbelievable advantage couldn't shoot foul shots you know he he would uh, he would do uh, underhanded foul shots and he would miss like uh 60 70 percent of the time unlike rick barry who played yeah on the san francisco warriors he did the underhanded foul shots and he hit like 98 percent he came out of miami oh you see this is a courtesy with super sports spectacular why because it's the passing of what some have said and it may well be true because of his all-round ability. He was horrible on offense. But Bill Russell, when it came to rebounding, 
boxing out and playing defense and blocking shots. Never, ever, ever was there a better basketball player either in college or in the pros who could do it like he did. And remember, as coach of the Boston Celtics in the aftermath of Red Allback, how do you possibly replace Red Allback? Coach and still played center and dealt with a lot of the guys who were his uh, uh, co-players, K.C. Jones, who went with him to San Francisco State. Whoever thought that they would have the national championship basketball team two years in a row in a row with Russell and K.C. Jones, and now what are they known for? Black Lives Matter! Burn it down! Burn every precinct down! And he say, whatever happened to your sports program? Just gone. Because naturally, they become so woke there at San Francisco State University. Anyway, up next, remember that famous scene in Lost in Space? Danger, Mr. Robinson! Danger! As of 12 midnight tonight, those uh, speed cameras are going to be whirling and churning and writing you up 24-7-365. There are 2,000 of them in the five boroughs, and they're going to be clipping you. And there is no data. No research that suggests it's going to make the city any safer for pedestrians or other drivers. It's simply to raise revenue. And it's another reason to get you to pack your bags and leave the five boroughs and get the hell out of a place that clips you when you go over a bridge or through a tunnel. Soon, with congestion pricing south of 60th Street, in order to breathe, you're going to have to take a reverse mortgage or maybe even a payday loan if you stay here. We'll break it down to you up next. And you in New Jersey, there is a quota in effect from Camden to Hoboken. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Wow, I got to give props to Frankie Diaz. He actually had some good stories that lead into what we're going to be talking about. But Lori Lightfoot, that's right, we're going to be mentioning all the tickets she's accumulated that the sucker taxpayers in Chicago are paying for, speeding and parking and red light tickets and speed camera tickets. As has our own mayor, Eric Adams, in the past. We'll go through that. And our city controller, Brad Lightfoot Lander. Because you see, for officials, it's do as I say, not as I do. I'm exempt from all this because I'm just better than you. By the way, let's go to the very top, though, first, before we talk about alarm, 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 because, man, if you think that you got walloped before, are you going to get walloped now? To the point that this might be uh, the final straw that gets you to leave, whether you're a renter, whether you lease, or, or whether you own. 
because I don't I don't see how the middle class, lower middle class, upper middle class can afford this. It's going to be an attack on the middle class. All these new tickets, these speed cameras, these fees, these fines, these fares that are nonstop. And to top it off like a cherry on top of your banana boat. That's right. You see, it's multicolored. It covers chocolate, vanilla, and um, strawberry. Although most people didn't want a strawberry on their banana boat. Anyway, the point being is... The congestion pricing will just break your back. Well, let's first talk about um, the president of the United States, Joe Biden. We were told yesterday by the White House physician that our president has experienced no reemergence of the COVID-19 symptoms and continues to feel quite well. There's no reason to reinitiate treatment at this time. Yet, let me get this right. So Biden feels good, looks fine, has no symptoms, and won't get treatment, but he still needs to isolate. If this ain't an excuse to keep him in the basement, I don't know what is, because every time he comes out of the basement, he makes a fool out of himself. He stumbles, he bumbles. Uh, His approval ratings uh, actually continue to dip. They're now down around Eric Adams. Eric Adams has a 29% approval rating. A lot of people don't. They don't even mention that. (laughs) 29%. I mean, you know, Eric Adams, he just laughs it off. (laughs) You know, like what? 29% approval rating? Joe Biden, you're the... uh, you know, the Biden of Brooklyn is at 31%. <laughs> yeah, I know your complexion is your protection. But let's get down to brass tacks here. So they're hiding uh, President Joe Biden again because they figure every time he comes out, every time he comes out to the podium, every time he's got to read from the teleprompter, it's misstatement after misstatement. The staff has to come back, redo it, make amends for what he just said. You know, it's faux pas after faux pas. So you're not fooling me on this. Biden feels good, looks fine, has no symptoms, won't get treatment, but he still needs to isolate. (laughs) Yeah, you're the Biden in Brooklyn. You had it one time there. Remember you were in uh, City Hall there, locked in uh, for about a week. But anyway, now the other one who needs to go, uh, because uh, he admires Che, not J.C., Che. Oh, yeah, Pope Francis, the Argentine, used to be a bouncer outside of a nightclub in Buenos Aires, is a liberational theologist. He, he loved Che Guevara. Uh, Jesus Christ was a way, you know, to become a priest, uh, move on up, and then eventually the uh, House of Cardinals there, they blew what the black smoke or the white smoke up the chimney, and he got chosen. Well, he's in a wheelchair now. And he's actually said, you know, if my knee situation doesn't improve, I'm going to have to retire. Please do. Fast, quickly, el rapido. You know, like Pope Benedict, uh, the German shepherd pope, right? He immediately, retire. I thought you were supposed to die as pope. No, this is good. Retire. Term limits. There should be term limits on popes, on judges, on politicians. Let this be an example. Leave, Pope Francis, leave. Go back to Buenos Aires and do that last tango. Not in Paris, like Marlon Brando. Oh, remember what he did with that soap? And that was an Irish Spring soap, I might add. But do that last tango in Buenos Aires. Now, let's talk about all these tickets. Oh, my God. 
starting tonight, 12 midnight, there are 2,000 uh, speed cameras that have been placed in the streets of the five boroughs. The predominant number of them are in neighborhoods where they know you have to pay. They know you, you will lose your car. You will lose personal items if you don't pay. And they know then you're not going to bounce checks. You look where all the speed cameras are, and you see they're no longer listed. When Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, was still the mayor of taking a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love, he upped the ante. He added additional speed cameras. There are now a total of 2,000 speed cameras. And almost half of them are along Highland Boulevard in Staten Island. I mean, I've been there like every 500 feet. If you have the old uh, GPS with the wave, that's only for the old cameras. 500 feet, speed camera. Now, for any of the additional speed cameras put up by de Blasio to make 2,000, no, wave doesn't register them. And you can't type them in to help your fellow motorists. There are some apps out there. They're trying to help. But, you know, we got to rally around. It's got to be us and we. This is, this is a war on motorists. This is a war on the lower middle class, the middle class, and the upper middle class. The, the poor, this does not affect the indigent, barely. The wealthy and the rich, mm, they just suck it up. And in many instances, they write it off. But this is a tax to drive the remaining middle class the hell out of the five boroughs and to keep the middle class out of the five boroughs of the city of New York who live in surrounding townships, villages, and boroughs and counties. So let's break it down for what it is. 2,000 speed cameras starting at 12 midnight when Dominic Carter comes on after our animal welfare hour that I host with uh, my beautiful wife, Nancy, the animal rescuer uh, par excellence. Dominic Carter will be talking from 12 to 1. I'm sure he's going to talk about how, be careful, the speed cameras are now going 24-7, 365, 24-7, 365. And in fact, they go seven days a week. Weekdays, weekends, round the clock, there is no escape. Agreed to by the city council and agreed to by Eric Adams because they are desperate, desperate for revenue. And so, if you're on Woodhaven Boulevard, Cross Bay Boulevard, you're going out to visit Sid Rosenberg, you know, and the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways, you better watch it. You're going to get clipped. I mean, they're everywhere. Highland Boulevard in Staten Island, they're everywhere. Everywhere. And you say to yourself, now, wait a second. Didn't they do this in Jersey and stop it in 2014? Yeah, yeah. Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie. Wanted to raise revenue because that's all officials ever want to do, Democrats and Republicans, is find ways with hidden fees, fines, taxes to take more of your income and bankrupt you and drive you out of New York. So many people are leaving the mass exodus and especially out of the five boroughs and New Jersey as they head south of the Mason-Dixon line. And one of the ways is by these speed cameras now. To the credit, in New Jersey, 2014, they got rid of the speed cameras because they say there was no documentary evidence that suggested that it made the roads any safer. In fact, it caused more accidents because people were hitting the brake a lot faster, thinking that they were in that zone of the speed camera 
or that they were going too fast and we're going to get clipped and then all of a sudden fender bender. <laughs> bang, 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 as Gene Simmons said. Although his terminology to Cindy Adams in the first hour of a great interview that Cindy did, unlikely with Gene Simmons, you got to listen to it on the podcast. Absolutely outstanding, the Cindy Adams podcast. Gene Simmons of KISS. Never in my lifetime would I have anticipated. Boy, Cindy Adams held her own. She did not retreat or surrender. She gave as much as she got from that misogynist, that sexist. You don't, you don't play that way with Cindy Adams. And then followed up by Joan Hamburg. The interview with Ken Aletta, his book about that uh, sex, uh, sexual predator, freakazoid, Harvey Weinstein. Wow. Her interviews were as good as any of the ones done by Frank Morano. I mean, she was spot on. You got to go to the podcast. She's on two to three on Sundays. It doesn't get any better than this. And now this is really a PSA. We got to warn all of you. They're coming for your money. What little money you have, right? We're in a recession. Oh, that's right. Uh, Biden says it's not a recession. Giggles Harris, the vice president, said, ah, it's inflation. And Eric Adams, our mayor, said not only is it a recession, but Wall Street is crashing. And then all of a sudden he amended that. He rescinded that and said, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You were in the shoe in Staten Island, right? God. And by the way, as these uh, speed cameras are running morning, noon, and night, do as I say, not as I do. Eric Adams, when he was Brooklyn Borough President, got 15 speed camera tickets for reckless driving. 15. And that was just on the car that we, unfortunately, as sucker taxpayers, provided uh, the the, uh, Brooklyn Borough President and the other Borough Presidents. How many speed tickets did he get on his own personal car? Remember, he went up on the sidewalk when he went into that apartment on Lafayette that he's never in, in the basement there for one day. He was tracked by Politico. He was half in the bag. He struggled into the apartment. He came out. All of a sudden, there was a Con Ed crew. There was the Department of Transportation. He said, well, who's this guy? We should tow this car away. Oh, no, no. That's the next mayor. You can't do that. He has privilege. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know you got it like that. And then Brad Landa, supposedly our controller. (laughs) He had 118 vehicle and traffic violations since 2013. I repeat. 118 vehicle and traffic violations since 2013. (laughs) And then he had the culions, the huepos, to say, I'm proud to be a champion to combat reckless driving when he was running for the city controllership. Like, it didn't occur. Wow. He said, I work hard to slow down. I will slow down. (laughs) And then, (laughs) to his credit, I mean, I hated his first uh, newscast, Frank Diaz, in the 2 o'clock hour, but 3, he nailed it, about Chicago Mayor Lightfoot, who was really heavy, heavy foot, Lightfoot. We'll call her Chicago Mayor Lightfoot because her motorcade racked up several hundred dollars in speed tickets and other traffic violations. That will be paid off, she said, when it is prudent to pay it off. Only little people pay their speed tickets and parking tickets. I'm the mayor. And remember, when the lockdown and pandemic took place and affected Chicago in March of 2020, I had to go get my hair done every week. I had to be dolled up because I was the mayor. So I had to speed through all the red lights to make my hairdressing appointment. 
Let's go to New Jersey. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. We're not just city-centric. We don't just talk New York City. We don't just talk about the escape from New York State. That's right. Kurt Russell, he did the movie Escape from New York City. But no, it's an escape from New York State. All these hidden fees, taxes, fines, tickets. Are you aware in New Jersey that as of July 28th, that was Thursday, Jersey, through your governor, why you reelected this half-in-the-bag lush Murphy who calls you all knuckleheads and continues to pick your pockets, why you elected him, reelected him, barely over Citarelli is beyond me, he has launched a 30-day speeding ticket frenzy throughout the state. Murphy estimates his administration in Trenton that $9 million will be generated in speeding tickets. $1 million will go to pay state troopers for the overtime. There will be 50 state troopers on duty at all times patrolling the nine main intersections and highways as follows. You know, I feel like I'm Joe Nolan, you know, doing the traffic report here because I'm alerting you that there are state troopers out there ready to entrap you along I-295 North and South, I-95 Jersey Turnpike North and South, I-80 East and West, I-287 North and South, I-78 East and West, I-195 East and West, I-280 East and West, Route 130 North and South, and the Garden State Parkway North and South. They clip you with the tolls, and then they're going to clip you with speeding tickets. If you're one mile per hour over the speed limit, Johnny Law has been told to pull you aside and write you up. Five miles above the limit can justify a ticket, and every state trooper is supposed to pull you over in your car and write you a ticket every 10 to 20 minutes. That's their quota. They've been told orders from the state police barracks. You are to write up a ticket every 10 to 20 minutes. So imagine, Rich, you're like one mile per hour over. You're trying to join Frank Morano, that degenerate gambler, you know, at the Borgata where he gets a free license to lose his money, you know, at the craps table. So you're driving maybe one or two miles over. You made it through the Jersey Turnpike. You're on the Garden State Parkway, Atlantic City Expressway. Woo, 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 woo. Cop says, hey, Rich, you know, I work for WIA, I know, but every 10, 20 minutes, I got to write somebody up. They have issued 30 brand-new unmarked Crown Victoria Cruises that, guess what, you, the sucker taxpayers in Jersey, are paying for and are bringing in all of their part-timers and full-timers. If you work in New Jersey, New York, Delaware, and Connecticut, you will probably be one of these, be on one of these highways. So please, be on guard and drive safely. Starting August 15th. The price of a violation is show your driver's license, registration, or insurance card at the time you are stopped increases from $44 to $173. So keep these documents in your car, right in that glove compartment or wherever you want to secure them and hide them. And the fine for not having all three of these documents, a whopping $519. The fine for handheld cell phone use, if they catch you while driving, will be going up to $180. That's Jersey. There is an all-out assault on drivers. 
they claim that you should have to take mass transit. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just picking your pockets. They're driving you out of here. It's going to be an area only for the uber-rich and for the poor and indigent and a middle-class family. And even if you're single and you're middle-class or you're hipsters and millennials and you're planning maybe to have your first child, you're not going to be able to afford to be here. They want you the hell out of here. I mean, let's face it. The likelihood is that you lean red and not blue. So as far as they're concerned, get them the hell out of here so this will be blue in perpetuity. This is definitely a plot. And I'm going to provide you the documentary evidence coming up from a Kathy Wilde, the new Leona Helmsley, the queen of mean. Only little people pay their taxes. Really? And listen to the story of our intern on her last day. National Intern Day. All the interns worked very hard here this summer. A lot of them got the credit that they needed to pursue their continued college education and obviously their career path. When you hear what happened to our intern on her last day here to make a copper's quota here in the city of New York, you will say, this is a war on everybody who is in Four Wheels. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Talking about Curtis Lewa. 77 WABC. I really need one. But first, let me take a selfie. Better take a selfie if you get stopped. Better take a selfie or take pictures of these hidden speed cameras because they're meant to bankrupt you. They're meant to take your chump change. They're going to take your lint out of your pockets, out of your wallets, out of your purses. There is a war on anybody who is traveling on four wheels. Let me take you on a little tour of what you're going to be paying. 50 bucks for a red light camera ticket. 45 bucks up to 10 miles over the speed limit. $90, 10 to 30 miles over the speed limit. $180 over 30 miles over the speeding ticket cost. And remember points. Can't forget points because then your insurance goes el rapido up. One to ten miles per hour over the speed limit. Three points. Eleven to twenty. Four points. Twenty-one to thirty-six points. Thirty-one to forty miles over the speed limit. Eight points. And then you're on the highway with your finger out hitchhiking to get back and forth to where you have to go. But it gets worse. Let's remember there are quotas for parking tickets. Below 96th Street here in Manhattan... It's $65. You get clipped. $45 in the outer boroughs. $34 at the parking meter. The average parking ticket in the city of New York, $65. And a billion dollars is built into the budget a year before for all kinds of tickets and fees. 
And everybody who works for those agencies has a quota hanging over their head. And every mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, Eric Adams. Quota, right? You know, he'll call it a performance guideline. But it wasn't just Eric Adams. Bloomberg, de Blasio, Mike Kumbadicic, Rudy, Koch, they all lie. Oh, there's no quotas, no such. Hey, you don't lie, man. Every day is a potential quota day. And towards the end of the month, whether you're a cop, a traffic agent, sanitation cop, EPA cop, they all have quotas. And if they don't meet their quotas, there's a hell of a price to pay. As the desk sergeant will tell you in Midtown South, parking ticket and a moving violation will keep this sergeant away from you. If necessary, I will walk you out to the corner of 34th and 7th, where a sign is way up in the sky. You need an oxygen mask to get up there and read it that says you cannot make right turns from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., And the Sarge will stand there with all the rookie cops, and they will tell them, right, right, until you're crippled. You'll make your quota, my little pretty, or you'll be walking a beaten Coney Island in the middle of December at 3 o'clock in the morning on the jetty on the 60th precinct. And every cop says, oh, my God, I got to write, I write. And you know what happened? Our intern, Emily, it was her last day. Greg Kelly said, you know, Emily's done such an outstanding job. We never heard from Emily. It turns out that she would like one day to follow in the put footpath of Frank Diaz, not as a newscaster on television. And to be honest, I never had a conversation with her or most interns. Uh, she would mind her own beeswax. She would do her work. It was her last day. Listen to the conversation that she had with Greg Kelly. It shows all of you they don't care. They're going to meet their quota one way or another. Oh, speaking of which, I understand you had a run-in with a cop today. I did. What happened? I was 10 minutes away, uh, West 30th Street. Yeah? I was in the taxi. I was at a red light. Police officer was walking by. He came up to the car. He told me to roll down my window. I rolled down my window. He goes, I need to see your license. I asked why. He goes, you don't have your seatbelt on. You're over 16. He proceeded to walk to his car. I was sitting there for about 10 to 15 minutes. He came back, handed me my license. He goes, here's your ticket. How much? $140. $140. Remember, she's in a yellow cab. She's in the back. The cab driver himself didn't know that that was a regulation. Her brother is an NYPD cop. She didn't use, you know, my brother is an NYPD cop. She didn't pull out, you know, the little plastic. Hey, see, I got the PBA card here. Hey, see, see. But I know what happened. It's towards the end of the month. And some cop was getting the riot act read to him at Midtown South, the largest precinct in Manhattan. And that sergeant told him, don't come back until you've given me 10 tickets. They used to do it for stop and frisk under Bloomberg, right? Stop and frisk. Oh, you got to do two fifties, two, uh, five two fifties a day. That's nuts. And even Pat Lynch said, you are turning the inner city against us by imposing a quota on stop and frisk. It was so much better when Rudy Giuliani had it, 125000 a year, which was just about right when Bratton, Safer, and Carrick were as police commissioners. Then the last four years... A Bloomberg who knew nothing about the streets. He wasn't a street guy. His only street was Wall Street.
Yeah, he's your mentor, right? Eric Adams went to a dinner, the Fortune Society. They do great work in repatriating guys and gals who come back from prison and trying to get them back on the straight and narrow path. Right after our debate at Channel 7 Eyewitness News, the last debate of the mayoral campaign, and he gives a speech and he goes, you know, Michael Bloomberg, you know, like Jesus was walking over the Sea of Galilee. Could you put your nose any further up Bloomberg's tuchus? <laughs> yeah, I know. You love those Bloomberg dollars. By the way, even the Fortune Society, they have their headquarters in Long Island City right off the 7 train. For the first time in 30 years, they had a problem in their office. One of their clients got stabbed in an argument with somebody else. And the CEO of the Fortune Society, again, they do great work, said we never had this happen here in 30 years. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So it's parking tickets. It's moving violations. It's getting clipped on the bridges, whether it's the Port Authority Bridge, the MTA money-taking agency bridge, uh, whether it's a... God, so many places that they just rip you off. They clip you right in the neck. And then now it's congestion pricing. (laughs) Oh, Kathy, uh, Crime Wave uh, Hokum was going to postpone it for a year. Said, oh, we haven't dotted every I and crossed every T. And then all of a sudden the agency she's responsible for, the MTA agency, money-taking agency, which she knows nothing about. You never hear a comment about the MTA. All the crime, all the problems, the fact that they're $3 billion in the hole, even after being bailed out by Papa Chulo Joe Biden with all that stimulus dollars, they still can't balance the book. They still can't collect the fares. They're allowing fare evaders to fight the police, and there are no consequences and now they want to put congestion pricing in. To his credit, John Katzmatidis, great show. Every night, Monday through Fridays at 5 o'clock, he has the roundtable discussion with a wide variety and an eclectic group of contributors who he calls, and actually the panelists uh, who are regulars, Democrats and Republicans. Kathy Wild, friend of the uber-rich, the developers, the realtors, not friends of the little people, got into an argument about why we had to have congestion pricing. And listen to the outcome. The billionaire, John Katsimatidis, who started with nothing, grew up in Harlem as an immigrant from Greece. Nothing understands what it's like to be middle class and to have your pockets picked because you can't pick the pockets of the indigent and the poor. They got nothing to pick. And the wealthy know how to shield their wealth. Listen to this argument and listen what Kathy Wilde says to justify congesting pricing, which will cripple Manhattan. It's a tax on the poor and the middle class, uh, the person that lives in Queens, the person that lives in Bronx, the person that lives in Brooklyn, wants to come in and see their doctor uh, in Midtown. They can't see them. It's going to cost them a fortune. And they're too afraid now to take the subway. It costs you $50 to park. Poor people are not driving into Manhattan. Middle class does. It costs you $50 to park in Manhattan. John and the panelists laid out the situation that people have to come into Manhattan 
for some of the finest medical treatment in the world. You get these guys with their fake beards and mustaches from the House of Fraud from Saudi Arabia. They fly in at JFK from the UAE, from Dubai, from Oman, from Saudi Arabia, from Bahrain. They hate Jews. They hate Hindus. But, oh, they want the best doctors in the world, Jews and Hindus. They come into New York City, right? Hey, yeah, they got wealth. They can buy the building. They can say, oh, the doctors, well, we'll buy that building because I, I want exclusive entrance here. I'll buy that building with our dinars, our petroleum dollars that Joe Biden has just handed us because we're going to be pumping more oil into the United States. I, I, I want you to play that cut again, Rich, because you can see how Kathy Wilde has absolutely no empathy, no sympathy for all of you out there, that this congestion pricing will be a, brack, a backbreaker, too. It's a tax on the poor and the middle class, uh, the person that lives in Queens, the person that lives in Bronx, the person that lives in Brooklyn, wants to come in and see their doctor uh, in Midtown. They can't see him. It's going to cost them a fortune. And they're too so afraid now to take the subway. People, it costs you $50 to park. Poor people are not driving into Manhattan. Middle classes. Hmm. Says it all. Kathy Wilde represents the uber rich. She cares nothing about the little people. You know, it reminds me. Leona Helmsley. Think back, Leona Helmsley, the queen of mean. She actually uh, outdid Donald Trump. In taking over the Empire State Building, he could not compete with her. And remember, her husband, Harry, at that time was impaired. He was suffering the first wave of dementia, Alzheimer's. Tough lady. And then she was brought into federal court for tax evasion. And it was repeated to the jury that she said, what taxes? Only little people pay taxes. She went away to federal prison. And then bequeathed how much money to her little Maltese? $12 million. Now I know a lot of uh, animal lovers, including my wife, Nancy, you'll be hearing the animal welfare hour tonight from 11 to 12. They like that, that she showed some empathy, some sympathy to her little doggy, the Maltese. But to the rest of you, (laughs) all of you little people pay taxes. And what is congestion pricing? Another tax. What is a parking ticket, a moving violation, another tax? What are speed cameras and red light cameras, another tax? What is raising the tolls, another tax? And they're taxing you the hell out of our tri-state area, our northeast sector. You go into other parts of the country and you tell them how much you pay just to get to and from an appointment work. And they think they're going to fill up these office buildings that are 60% empty on any given workday, Monday through Friday, 60% empty, people doing virtual work. A lot of the rationale isn't just all the crime, it's no longer COVID, the crime, but the cost of coming in and parking yourself in a little vestibule when you can do the same work at home, spend your expendable income with vendors and businesses in your town, your village, your borough, have a better quality of life, spend more time with your kids, more time with your family, and be just as productive, if not more productive, and you're no longer in the rat race, and you don't have to avoid the rats, the four-legged rats, the two-legged rats, the sexual assaulters, the people showing up, 
trying to rob you at knife point, at gunpoint. Do I make my case? one 800 that's 1-800-848-WABC let's go to Melvin in the Bronx your turn to be heard here at WABC Melvin greetings um, about Mr. Bill Russell the late great Mr. Bill Russell a number of people don't even want to tell the complete truth about how he came to the Boston Celtics and what happened when he played his first season in Boston what was going on up in there that should be put out on the table too and what he had to go through and uh, Mr. Will Chamber, he did one thing in the NBA which nobody was going to be able to duplicate, how he averaged 50 points a game and plus 20 rebounds a game in the entire season. And, yes, the greatest team that ever played professional basketball, the New York Renaissance, who the NBA would not admit into the league. By the, way, by the way, Melvin, are you aware that Will Chamberlain, when he left Kansas, first became a Harlem Globetrotter? Yeah. I remember Harlem Goldtrotter would play the Washington Generals. And actually, Washington Generals would lose. I think they won one time. Who was the lead player and coach of the Washington Generals? You see, they had a player coach, too. It wasn't just Bill Russell or Dave DeBusha. Who was, I'm going to give you another hint, the Jewish player for the Washington Generals that would always lose to the Harlem Globetrotters, except for one time. He had a two-handed set shot from 30 feet out, and he was the coach, too. Who would always tell him, slow down. We got to lose. We, you know, I could have been. Will Chamberlain saying, I couldn't. That's why he had to leave. Will Chamberlain said, guys, always telling me. I said, you know, we got to win. We're going to win. We, they fixed the game. So we would always, like, highlight. How many of you degenerate gamblers used to go to highlight in Bridgeport or in Hollywood, Florida? You know, we're Bosk, we're Bosk. We got the wicker baskets. The game was fixed, like Greyhound Racing. Uh-oh, more bad news. I feel like the Grim Reaper today. Actor Michelle Nichols who played Lieutenant Ura in the original Star Trek series and in the later Star Trek movies, has died at the age of 89. Her death was announced by her son, Kyle Johnson, on her Facebook page. Quote, I regret to inform you that a great light in the firmament. Wow. That's a fancy $5 word, multi-syllabic. Firmament no longer shines for us. That it has for so many years. Last night, my mother, Nichelle Nichols, succumbed to natural causes and passed away. Her light, however, like the ancient galaxies now being seen for the first time, will remain for us and future generations to enjoy, learn from, draw inspiration. And for all those who love Star Trek, you know, Frank Morano is one of the many of our staff here. You know, if it's not Star Trek, it's Star Wars. Will this bring together two people who won't even talk to one another from Star Trek? Who am I talking about? Who are the two people still alive who hate, who loathe, who despise one another? Will they uh, attend the commemoration, the memorial, or if there is an actual wake of funeral? For a Curtis Lee Booby Prize, don't ask, don't tell. We will send you a WABC baseball cap in which you can style and profile it. It'll have on it 
the logo, the Curtis Sliwa Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Talking about Curtis Sliwa, 77 WABC. J-Lo now. J-Lo Affleck. Quack, quack. Man, she wants Shakira bad. She said she'll go and testify in that Spanish tax court. Say, Shakira, lock her up, throw away the key. Made a documentary that was in the Tribeca Film Festival about one thing, one thing only. The diva of all divas, J-Lo now. Jennifer Affleck. Quack, quack said that Shakira should never share that stage with her in the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Does she not realize Shakira is huge throughout the Latin community? Much bigger than J-Lo. I think if we follow the breadcrumbs, it's J-Lo who dropped dime on her, the Spanish authorities. She's looking at eight, eight and a half years. Hey, you know they'll settle all that. But we're moving towards the evening, and more important than our lineup here, is the fact that at 12 midnight tonight, when the clock strikes 12 midnight, you're not turning into pumpkins. But you may have to have your car repoed because you're not going to be able to afford the price of all the speed tickets you're going to get hit with in the five boroughs. 2,000 of these speed cameras. Some that you'll be aware of if you have the old GPS with the wave wave, uh, system. But all these newer ones, you won't because they're not on the wave system. They might be on other apps. And the problem is, is that people are driving. They're on the left-hand side where the steering wheel is. And they're all focused, looking over to the right to see if they can spot the speed cameras that aren't on their GPS, their wave system. And it's going to cause more accidents. Way more accidents. Making it that much more dangerous, not only for other drivers, or bicyclists, and pedestrians. It's all about making money. Breaking the back of the middle class. The final straw to break your back so you pack your bags and take your red-leaning interests and get the hell out of here. So it can become the land of AOC. All out crazy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. They want New York not to be the epicenter of capitalism, but the epicenter of socialism. And it all starts with the speed cameras and the red light cameras and the parking tickets and the moving violations. And then sucking the financial blood out of you like mosquitoes at night, like vampires. Careful, and it's not just limited to New York. I went through a whole laundry list of all the state troopers who have been mobilized throughout New Jersey. All of them have imposed quotas. Every 10 and 20 minutes, they got to write somebody up. And we're not just talking about tickets. We're talking about points on your license, revoking licenses, creating unaffordable insurance, car insurance, which is unaffordable now for many It'll just skyrocket to the point where you say, no mas, no mas, I've had it. I'm already working three jobs just to make ends meet. I never get home. I can't even shower and shave or change my dress. By the way, 
If you're one of 72 different gender identifications or sexual identities in this woke, changing a dress could mean that you have decided on that day you're a femme fatale, that you have estrogen, not testosterone, that in fact you are an XX and not an XY. And nobody can argue with you. Another reason to get the hell out of here. Anyway, let's go to Mark in Lower Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mark. Hello. The name of the uh, center for the Knicks was Jerry Lucas. He could read a he could read a telephone book and tell you all the names in order. You are so hopelessly correct. He would memorize cards, and he was banned from casinos for memorizing cards. Just so they level the playing field a little bit with the house. So through facial recognition technology that our NYPD is not permitted to use. They are not permitted to use facial recognition technology, which we, the taxpayers, have already uh, invested millions of dollars into, which would clearly identify the suspect as the person they are. It wouldn't be a misidentification scientifically. We would get as close to who that person is as is humanly possible. So the likelihood is you're not grabbing the wrong guy or the wrong gal and jacking them up. So, Mark, you are absolutely correct. Jerry Lucas replaced uh, Willis Reed. He was the substitute center. Uh, we got to make sure, please make sure our phone screener there, our talent uh, phone coordinator, as Frank Morano calls him. What a made-up title. Ends up sending Mark the Curtis Lee with WABC booby prize. The uh, baseball cap with the Curtis Slewa Show logo on it. Let's go, if we can, to RZA. Are you a member of uh, Wu-Tang Clan? 36 chambers of death there in uh, uh, North Shore of Staten Island in the shadow of the Stapleton and Park Hill housing complex. Are you one of the Wu-Tang Claners? Hi, Curtis. No, actually, this is Mrs. RZA from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that I'm calling, <laughs> Curtis, is because I drive on the New Jersey uh, State Highway all the time on the Garden State Parkway. And people are driving so recklessly nowadays, Curtis. They pass on the shoulder of the road. They weave in and out. They tailgate. The accidents are deadly nowadays. There's no regard for life, I think. There needs to be more police on the road to give some consequences. Let these people lose their license. And maybe they won't drive like that anymore. Well, That's I would tell you, life. I would tell you, Riza, not of Wu-Tang Clan. I would not only have Checkpoint Charlie's, not to just check to see if you're intoxicated or under the influence of uh, the many legal products now that you can purchase in Jersey. Tinted glass, huh? Okay, we're taking your car off the road. Oh, paper plates. Oh, Pennsylvania plates. Are you from Pennsylvania? Really? I see here you have an address in the Bronx. Why do you have Pennsylvania plates? I mean, knock them off for almost everything. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore because they've rendered our police impotent to the point where they can't be proactive. They're reactive. And look, the very people who implement these... uh, These fines and fees and tickets are themselves violators. Brad Lander, the uh, controller of the city of New York who watches the purse strings, has been hit with over 100 tickets. 100 tickets. Eric Adams, when he was borough president, 13 tickets. 
reckless driving. And that's with his city-issue car that we pay for. Never mind his own personal car that would go back and forth to Fort Lee. That's right. Come on, Eric Adams. I, I know you live in Fort Lee. <laughs> Apartment 22H. How you bamboozled that? Well, that's because your complexion is your protection. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Again, Rich, he muscled in his diva of all divas. J-Lo, Jenny from the block. Legitimately from the Bronx. J-Lo, Castle Hill, went to Preston High School. Unlike... uh, Sandra Ocasio, that, that was her name there in Tarrytown Heights. Tarrytown Heights uh, High School, by the way. In a battle like two scorpions in a brandy glass with State Senator Ramos. Who's a member of the DSA. State Senator Ramos has gone on record and said, where are you, AOC? You're never around. You never return our calls. You're not here for your constituents. You're, you're where you used to be in places like Westchester, in Washington, D.C., in the Beltway, in Cali, Cali, down on the South Beach in Miami. You're not here for your constituents. Oh, I love this cat fight. Leader of the socialists, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, better known as Sandra Ocasio versus State Senator Ramos. We will see who uh, perseveres in this battle, hopefully... They disintegrate and destroy the remnants of the DSA and the Justice Warriors. Anyway, let's go to Vito calling from Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Vito. Curtis, how are you? Uh, I'm retired PD, and yes, we had quotas, right? And we also had cops who were, who were some men in precinct, and they were basically, they were like a house mouse, and they were taking care of every which way possible. They needed time off, they needed this, they needed, they needed that, they would get it. In fact, in the one two old precinct, there was a cop that would even write other cops. I won't give his name, but his nickname was Master Glock. He was a piece of crap. He would write cops. And then when the cops would come in to complain, he would hide in the CO's office. And, they, and the human guy would have to be, would be downstairs calming everything down, make sure that the cops didn't go after him. Yeah, no, 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 Vito. Oh, there's a thousand stories like that in the Naked City. But let me make mention of what happened yesterday. Staten Island Ferry Hawk Stadium. The great WABC All-Stars took on the NYPD softball team uh, that had some ringers. I went up to the team before the game. I said, let me see your shields. All the female police officers showed shields and told me about their precincts. They were legit. Oh, four guys. So none of your business. We're not showing you nothing. I said, you guys look like you were on the prison softball team at uh, Sing Sing. Are you on loan to the NYPD? And I'm telling you, one of these guys, when I was pitching in the first inning, he hit a ball that's still going, a clincher. It's like it was a beach ball to this guy. It's going, it's over the Arthur Kill, Kill Van Cole. But our team did magnificently under this duress. Although second base became a DMZ where you needed triage. First, I was there. I uh, popped out my shoulder, separated my shoulder, couldn't lift my hands. So I took myself out of the game. I mean, I was actually tearing up. I know there's no crying in baseball, Tom Hanks. And then they bring in a replacement who is the fan 
who won the right to be the first base coach. And they say, come on in, coach. He played second base. This guy hit a hot shot, hit him right in the schnoz, busted his beak. He's spitting out teeth and blood. And, man, what a man's man, man. He pulled himself off of the of the diamond. And, man, he said, I can't wait to come back and do it again. But then Vinny Madunio was coming up next. Man, what a set of pipes. He sang the national anthem, and you didn't hear everybody paid attention to Vinny Madunio. His family was there, friends. A lot of WABC listeners were there. I appreciate the fact that you were there. And then I had to get out of there. My, my arm was hanging out of my arm socket. Andrew Giuliani was kind enough to drive me to the house so Nancy could yell at me. Again? How many times can one person have a separated shoulder? She popped it back in. Hey, she's a pro at this. And then you're going to hear Jersey Joe Piscopo and the Sinatra two-hour extravaganza, Ramsey Monster. You heard one of the stories uh, done by our news guy, Frank Diaz, about Kushner, the son-in-law of Donald Trump. Trump did not know when he was president that his son-in-law had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer and was having an operation to take out the tumor in his throat. Do you know who had thyroid cancer when he was 40 years old? Joe Piscopo. They said, it's over, Joe. You'll never sing again. That's it. You'll be lucky if you're alive. Remember, that's like 30 years ago. They didn't have the medical skills that they have now. Thyroid cancer, in many instances, was considered like pancreatic cancer, like lung cancer. That it would spread throughout your system, and that's it. You know, take a cruise, Joe. Enjoy yourself. Take a Disney cruise with your family, and when you come back, you'll be lucky if you have six months. And then we'll say au revoir. Against all odds, he changed his regimen. He changed his diet. He went into the gym. He was banging those dumbbells, and he survived against all odds. And when you see Joe Piscopo entertain people Nowadays, singing those classic Frank Sinatra tunes and those other tunes. If you didn't know that story, you would say, my God, look at how he sings. This guy had thyroid cancer. I would have hoped that Kushner, who wasn't sharing the information because he didn't want his father-in-law to know Donald Trump, the president, but he eventually found out before the operation. Hopefully everything is fine with Kushner. Wouldn't it have been great if he had picked up the phone and called Jersey Joe Piscopo to tell him, look, this is what you have to do to defy the odds. This is what I did at the age of 40 when medical authorities and others said, you'll never sing another note in your life. Hang it up, Joe. Go to the Jersey Shore. Get yourself a beach lawn chair. Feed the seagulls. And hope that you don't drop dead in six months as the cancer ravages your body. What an amazing story. I know, look, Joe doesn't tell that story often. But I listen to Joe Piscopo, yep. As all of you should listen to Joe Piscopo. Not on that other station. You you listen to Bernie McGurk and Sid Rosenberg in the morning, the number one news talk program in the nation from 6 to 10. But when Jersey Joe is here on Sundays, 6 to 8, he tells little vignettes. He tells little stories that are not only informative, entertaining, but life savings. Hopefully, he will tell that story tonight because he overcame all odds to survive, to go out and entertain, to bring joy to people. 
and to expose, expose more people to the tradition, the legacy, and the ability of Frank Sinatra to hold an audience as Joe does himself.